Hey, Chosen Girl fam, we're back. Welcome back, guys. Season nine. Season nine is already here, and we've got a special guest with us. The chaplain of the podcast, our in-house theologian. You know him and you love him. Yes. It is the one and only Isaac Gray. (laughs) Yes, welcome back, Isaac. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. I like how you call me the podcast chaplain. Yes. It feels very official. It is official. We'll add you to the website. So that way, if we ever get any like bad emails about like, I didn't like how y'all said this, we'll just forward them to you and you can answer them. I'll be fine. I'm a pastor, so I get stuff like that all the time. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) But see, see, last year, I think you called me the resident theologian. So I have noticed a change in my title. Does that mean, was that better or worse? I almost, the two go hand in hand. I do feel like chaplain is more familiar. Like you Mm -hmm. are now... Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is what your what fourth time coming on the podcast, right? Is that th- three or four? Maybe yeah, just where? three, but it'll be four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, it, yeah, you're, it's, it's, you're closer to us now. You're not, not an abstract thought out there. So yeah. does that mean you expect more or less from me? Um, We're going to just default to more. <laughs> we're just going <laughs> to default to more. Um, okay. We're so excited for the reason you're here, and we I don't even think we've announced this on social media yet, but by the time that you're hearing this, we probably will have, but this season is dedicated to a new idea that Liz and I have had for a while, Mm -hmm. and we're just going to go ahead and say trademark pending. Yes. Copyright pending. That's right. Patent pending. Hot tub hot takes. Um as a part of the chosen girl podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and y'all know that historically we haven't really talked about what would be considered quote unquote hard things. Like we haven't discussed yeah. politics. We haven't discussed big ticket issues amongst denomination or mm-hmm. beliefs or culture versus um, Christianity and things like that. We've really just discussed things that are things that we go through personally, things that you go through personally as listeners um, but now I feel like we've gotten to the point where we're ready to, to dive in mm-hmm. to a hot tub. Yes. <laughs> hot tubs and hot takes. And hot take. <laughs> yeah. So we wanted this episode to be a foundational layer mm-hmm. of what is hot tub hot takes. How do believers um, need to approach hot topics and hot takes? Mm-hmm. How do we behave in culture with those hot takes and also amongst other belie- believers? Yeah. It's just laying a good foundation. But if y'all remember, we talked about, we I think we mentioned this at the end of last season. You're right. And yeah. um, how it was birthed out of the idea from uh, whenever we go to Women of Joy every year, Sarah and I would have a, a moment where in the hot tub where we would talk about hot takes and everything else. And was yes. like, we this conversation needs to be normalized. It's yes. okay to have these interesting thoughts and make it a safe space. And you, that's, the goal is not to be heard all the time. That's right. Which I feel like our culture and society has kind of set us up for it always being about, we have to be heard above everything else. Yes. So it's a good idea for us to listen. And we're so glad that Isaac is here to, to talk to us a little bit about listening to the, the, I mean, the word, the living word. Yes. And how much, how that can influence how we're interpreting things and our perspective and the glasses and lenses in which we view the world and respond to the world around us. So I was like, I hate that you're not in the hot tub with us right now. So we'll start, we'll start <laughs> jumping into the hot tub next week. And we're going to have some special guests in the mm-hmm. hot tub too. Mm-hmm. And I think that another good little rule, um, and we do have a hot tub jingle that's coming, Isaac. It's going to be You're going to love it. 
Can't wait to hear that. <laughs> it is in the works. Um, but another rule is, is like you said, not to be heard um, with our own opinion, but also being okay with not having a definitive black or white mm-hmm. answer. Um, yeah. Which in a lot of cases is called faith. You know, one of the, one of the, I guess the great lessons, one of many that I've learned from Isaac is thinking about, you know, is this, is this essential to the gospel? Is this, is this, do we have to know all of these things? Is this answer going to make or break? You know, if you have a difference of, can you play instruments in church or can you not, or can, you know, how do we mm-hmm. feel about speaking in tongues or not? Like at the end of the day, we were talking about the gospel. It's all about Jesus. Like the, the Bible is a book that was written by God and by, by men inspired by God and all the things like it's about him. It's not yes. about us. And that's right. when we begin to put ourselves too much into it, I think that's when we get all these different opinions and hot takes that now yeah. we're going to talk about. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So Isaac, I wanted to ask, um, what is one of the first things that when you're thinking about like sitting down to open up your Bible to read, what is one of the first things that you love to do? Like, how do you set up, set the tone for that period? Um, I think probably the, and you kind of hinted at this a little bit too, Liz, as you were just talking there, is I think the first place you have to be is this place of humility. Mm-hmm. Understanding that I'm not God and I'm not even the smartest human. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things that I won't know, a lot of things I won't have an answer to. And I think one of the ways we get ourselves into trouble is Again, this is a big in our culture. I have the answer, and you all need my answer. You might not know that you need my answer, but you you actually need it. Mm-hmm. And so it's and that's that's what starts getting us in a lot of trouble. So I think the first step is that is that humility, knowing who I am, knowing who God is, and that God's wanting to speak to me. And so I need to lay down my preconceived ideas or notions or thoughts or things I've learned. Um, before I can come to the word honestly and openly, which of course that's hard to do because we're like to say this a lot. We're, we're prideful people. We're arrogant people. We, we think we know everything about everything and we need, I need to be heard like you were saying. So I think that's the, the first thing is probably your, my position mentally, emotionally, psychologically, what, what space am I coming from? Does that does that make sense? Absolutely. Oh yeah. It's kind of like we've got to do some like inner work before we even begin to sure. the outer work. Mm-hmm. Sure. So our posture oh, yeah. will really determine our posture before God, and then also our posture before other people. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, and and a big part of that, of course, I, I think is is prayer. So anytime you come to Scripture, you you. You got to say, Lord, I, I need your help. I I have this Bible here that I'm supposed to read and under, and learn from and, and understand, but I really don't know anything about it. And and, and if we, we've grown up, and a lot of us have grown up in church, we've been taught all sorts of things, but even sometimes too, maybe some of those things are not right. You know, one of, I got on, sometimes I get on kicks in my church with saying things kind of repetitively over several weeks or months. And one of the things I said for a season was, you know, there are things that granny teaches us about the Bible when we're growing up, whatever those things may be. But maybe sometimes granny's a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. 
And what she told you wasn't actually true. <laughs> it was just some kind of weird thing she made up or some kind of weird thing she heard when she was little. And she just thinks it's true, but maybe it's not. So it's that position of humility and going back to what I said, prayer, you know, being honest before the Lord. God, I need your help to, to even understand your word. You have to help me to know what you're saying in your word and through your word. That's really good. And, and I, I love that. It, it's almost like the, the verse where it says, before you even begin to look at the log in somebody else's eye, you need to look at the log in mm -hmm. your own eye. So starting with humility, I think is always the winning starting point. Yeah. What would you say then as kind of a step two is, okay, we're going to the word. We're looking to learn for ourselves. We're coming at this from a perspective of humility and shedding our own pride, then how do you think when we start to interact with other believers, whether they agree with us and on issues or not, and these could be issues within the church, within our faith, or mm -hmm. even issues on how to live our lives as best as we can reflecting Jesus, how yeah. do you, or, or how would you counsel our listeners on, okay, I'm ready presenting this or coming in humility. Now I'm having to act and react to people in the outside world on whether or not I agree or disagree with them on these issues. So what are some just rules of thumb just right off the bat that you're like, these are things that are non-negotiable with having conversations with people on things that I disagree with. Mm, probably the same thing. Humility. Again, we think we know everything. I, I, I have to keep saying that over and over again, but I, I think that's that's probably the key, right? That I, I've got to understand that should I should I be sure of what I believe? S certainly, yeah, yes, I should. But should I assume that what I believe is always the right answer to everything? Probably not, because I'm a I'm a fallen, sinful, broken human, and and I'm limited in knowledge. I don't have all the knowledge of all things, of all topics, of all resources. So we, we get in trouble when we, when we again, start declaring that I have the truth and I need to tell you what that truth is. And you need to believe that truth because it's, it's the right truth. So uh, I don't know if I would say there's a lot of non-negotiables, but I think that's, that's one humility. And of course, respect, things like that. You got to treat people as, as people. And and not as your servants or your slaves that you have to tell them what their viewpoint is and and judge them and think less of them when they can't seem to to get it. Yeah, because I don't think I've ever changed anybody's mind on what they think mm -hmm. by like certainly just lecturing to them. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Especially on social media. Like oh, it's yeah. just yeah. not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, all. yeah. And, and so it's it's part of it is is this openness that I could be wrong. Like here's what I believe about this thing, this hot quote hot topic, but I could be wrong on. I could be seeing it the wrong way. I could be misunderstanding some of the information and my brain's not clicking right and I'm just not getting it. And so I think if we all took that approach, I could be wrong. Man, that would make conversations a lot more gentle and whatever nice words 
you can add in there. So here's a question, thinking along those same lines. Sometimes, I, and I think we've said this on the podcast before, sometimes we can find our identity more in our stance on issues than mm-hmm. why we feel the way we feel that's, you know, inspired by the gospel and the word. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. what advice do you have for those people that get to that moment and they're like, they felt this way their whole lives and they're hit with the, the truth. The Lord just smacks them in the face with it. And they're like, oh my gosh, I've been wrong. And how many times have I said X, Y, and Z? Any advice mm-hmm. for that person on, I don't want to say like backtracking, but either mending fences or correcting themselves going forward, because I believe mm-hmm. we're all changing. And I think, it, I mean, this kind of gets into even sure. cancel culture, like to think that we are the same today and forevermore is in, impossible. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. So how can we fix that? Yeah. Uh, yeah let's go back to what we've said be humble enough to recognize that mm-hmm. like that's i think that's the first step right be humble enough to recognize that that, that i that i was wrong and and the relationship can be relationships relationship can be fixed or repaired you know and and apologizing too if that's necessary from where i um maybe hurt others yeah, I don't know if that's the answer you want, Liz, but yeah, you know, because you know, I, I think too, I think if if someone truly, if their viewpoint is truly changed, and that's done in humility and true repentance and true, I really was wrong. I think I think the rest will take care of itself. The re, the reconciliation of relationships and moving forward will take care of itself. I think that's accurate. Maybe. Let's kind of sound it out loud there. I think it should be, especially depending on the heart posture of the other person. Mm -hmm. But something I couldn't help but to think of whenever we're talking about just being closed-minded or open-minded. And I want to ask both of you this question because this is really hard to navigate. And I think that this is why a lot of Christians are probably categorized in like the silent majority on a lot of big ticket issues because it is really um, challenging to deal with someone or to, I hate to use the word deal with, to respond to someone, to have a relationship to someone who is so close-minded, who is so firm on this is it's this way or the highway this is the only way that this scripture is interpreted this is the only way that a christian should vote or react or feel and it it becomes very isolating Mm -hmm. when you almost feel shame in talking to that person um and and that's why i think a lot of people stay quiet on these big ticket issues is because they're like i don't want to make anybody feel that way or i don't want to be looked at as a loud pompous fool even Mm -hmm. but there is there has got to be a space for this fostering of conversation Mm -hmm. to where we can say like hey I'm not sure if this is right but what about this feeling Mm -hmm. um but but going off of that preface how how do we deal with the hard people Mm. how do we react to the people who are so close-minded should we just end the conversation? Should we say like, I love you, but I disagree. And I think that this conversation needs to be over. Mm-hmm. Um, do we, when we see people acting, I, the word is really ridiculous on social media. 
mm-hmm. do we call them out in love and say, Hey, I'm not sure that if, if you're a believer, if you should be saying these things publicly, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do we react to that, Isaac? Yeah. I don't know if this is because of, I don't know if what I'm about to say is based off of what I've learned from people or from scripture, or it's just the way I've been made is I think there are times when people become so hard and so set in their ways, you just leave them. Like there's, there are some people like there are things on social media. I want to say sometimes to people, but it's like, what's the point? I just might as well go ram my head into that wall because it would accomplish, right? It would accomplish just as much as trying to. They're so set in their ways that I think sometimes you just have to walk away from people. That's the only option because you'll make yourself crazy trying to convince them or change their mind. And I think that's okay. I, I do think scripture. I do think Paul would. He spoke to that, like it, not not in hot topic issues, but he spoke to people who were. Um, promoting heresy and all that stuff. It's like, if they're going to continue to do that, if they're going to continue to cause division, then just walk away. You know, That's true. Yeah. and Jesus, Jesus, we can, I guess, say the same thing. Jesus did the same thing. You know, he told the disciples go preaching. If you go into a town and they receive you great. If they don't shake the dust off your feet and you know, good riddance, good luck to you. So I, I think there's times when we can walk away and be okay with it because some people are so set in their ways. There's nothing you can say to change their mind. I think what bothers me so bad. And I think that this, I don't know if this is like the firstborn child psychology in my brain or like having it in, I mean this in the truest, most humble sense that I can having experienced what God's grace is like even as a finite human or reading about God's love, it makes me really upset when believers are very loud and angry and Mm -hmm. ugly to other people, um, whether that be believers or non-believers. And it makes me want to just crawl out of my own skin and just type in all caps, like we're not all like this. Like, (laughs) like me for Jesus, like, no, like, Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think that that's what bothers me the most is that as a whole, we can get a bad reputation for being, it, it does come across as judgmental because a lot of times it might be, right. um, or insensitive or mm-hmm. close minded. And I'm like, man, if they only could just read about Jesus, he was the most sensitive, the most, mm-hmm. um, in tune and open and and really just anti-religious person <laughs> right you know and he was the son of god so like I, I think that it just makes me upset what do you think liz about about confronting people who who may like do you do you think that it's our place or do you think we just let it go i think if you, there's an air of discernment that you have to use sure. in that moment like yeah. you, you know those that have open ears and those that don't um and sure. and you rely on the lord and be like god look that i don't i don't agree with this person but if, if i need to talk to him you better give me the words because that's what i'm saying to the lord yeah and, and the patience too and and sometimes I, in my personal life not necessarily always when dealing with the gospel with the gospel or the word but sometimes people just need a moment to be heard 
And if you sit and listen and you can say, Hey, I understand why you feel that way. This is how I feel. And this is why. Mm -hmm. And you begin to see some of the similarities. And so I think going back to what Isaac said about being humble and having humility and how we're addressing other people um, is so important. And it's part of that relationship building and that discipleship that we see exemplified all throughout the Bible. And it's not just about, you know, standing in in the corner and and yelling at the masses, but it's that, that mutual transaction of, this is how I feel. This is what you feel. This is how we're similar. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's lots of ways that, I mean, looking at even from a cultural standpoint, there are many ways that so many of us are similar and so many ways that we're alike. And the, yes. and when we take a moment to just say like, I'm talking to another human, I'm not talking to a computer, I'm not talking to a brick wall or anybody else, but someone who has experiences and emotions and thoughts, just like I do mm-hmm. that taking, realizing that I think softens our heart and opens our ears Yeah, to recognize just like, just the beauty that is that we do have these different different experiences that have shaped our realities because you never know when talking about some of these big these big hot takes that someone had a personal experience that's tied to that and there's an opportunity for someone to share something that a deep wound for themselves Mm -hmm. and so I think that we can all I mean shedding our pride is honestly a small price to pay for kingdom work and for, okay, you know what I'm saying? It yes, really is. Like it didn't cost, is. don't cost you nothing, but your pride, let it right. go. You don't need it. You don't need it. <laughs> so I think that whenever, while interacting with anyone, if they, if they agree differently, then that's fine. Ask them why they feel differently. Share why you feel differently and be like, Hey, I, I still care about you. And they're totally. more likely to come and have that conversation with you again, which again, just opens up the door for, for all of us to grow closer to the Lord. And asking questions is important. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. And and the posture of coming at that in more of a optimistic curiosity and not a um, maybe accusatory questioning or pessimism oh, yeah. or just, you know, skepticism I mean, is the word I'm trying to think of. If I came to you and said, girl, why is your favorite color pink? You know, versus, oh, your favorite color is pink. Why is that? That's totally different vibe. Right. I mean, we, we can't forsake our, someone else's emotions and thoughts and responses for, for our own. Yeah. Again, just, just and, mm-hmm. yeah, and we can help. Like, I like that, Liz. It's really good. About, and I was thinking just about no matter what posture someone else takes, I can always choose to take a posture of grace and openness and humility. And oftentimes that can diffuse a situation, right? All it takes is one person to take that position of openness and grace, and you can completely diffuse a hot situation. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and we, I, we probably underestimate how important that really is. Like if I come in that space, then a lot of other people, they might enter into that space too. But the problem is you, people, two people start yelling at each other. <laughs> They're going back and forth on social media. It just gets out of control. Mm-hmm. And and you're right, Sarah. No, no good productive conversation will ever come out of that. No. And and I'm thinking right now of something that you always say, Liz, is intent versus impact. And, mm-hmm. and just so our listeners are reminded, I'm not even talking about the specific issues of conversations we're having right now. I'm talking about how we go about those conversations is really the root of what, what mm-hmm. we're talking about right now. And how, you know, I've seen people promote a really good message mm-hmm. um, that that is biblical, yes. but they do it by way of hate or by yes. way of anger yes. or 
Yeah. Just, I don't know. And, and I think about first Corinthians 13 mm-hmm. about how you can make God's word as plain as day. But if you don't love, it's just like the clanging of a rusty symbol. Right. Like it's just going to mm-hmm. be on people's nerves. It's going to be loud. It's mm-hmm. going to be obnoxious. Yeah. So I think that there's a, there, I think that there's always, and I, I know that this isn't always true, so I can't use absolute words like always, but the majority of the time, there is good intent mm-hmm. behind these conversations or even declarations that people are trying sure. to make. Mm-hmm. But the impact of those is is what really is what we're trying to um, maybe buffer a little bit mm-hmm. with with the hot tub and with with learning to have these conversations. Cause I'm, I'm really bad. I don't know about you, Isaac. I don't like confrontation. Um, <laughs> I'm really bad at it. And so whenever someone disagrees with me on something, I just kind of get quiet sure. and I, I just let them have their opinion. And in that moment, if my opinion differs than theirs, I just, I just stay quiet and kind of nod along. But I do think there's a world that exists where we can say, Oh, well, you feel that way. I totally, I can totally see that point of view. What I believe that scripture means is this or X, Y, or Z, which brings me to a big question for you. Okay. Buckle up. (laughs) Translation and interpretation of scripture. Okay. So this is kind of like, believer the believer here like Uh amongst denominations a lot of cattiness or even disagreement may be on how scripture is interpreted by Mm -hmm. that group of people Mm -hmm. so what would you say to our listeners um as a word of how to approach that with wisdom because we have people from all denominations or non-denomination that listen to the podcast and yeah. there, there are discrepant. I don't want to call them discrepancies, but I guess that's a, that's a word that if you look mm-hmm. at this translation versus this one, it could be, it could be interpreted as two completely different things. Sure. sure. Yeah. I think it's, that's a tough question. And I think if, I think if the church had the answer to that question, we could avoid a lot of this riffraff back and forth. Couldn't we? You're right. but, but here we find ourselves, I, I think we have to distinguish between, hmm, between what are, somebody, one of you said the word non-negotiable earlier, just in our conversation. We have to distinguish between non-negotiables versus negotiables, right? What are, what are the foundational beliefs that we say, these are what the church holds to? And we're not going to we're not going to move from these beliefs, things such as Jesus is Lord. right? You are saved by grace through him. Things we put in that category. God is God over all. There is no other God. Mm-hmm. So we have some non-negotiables. But then and I think that list is. Maybe small is is not a good word to say. I think that list is a lot smaller than a lot of people, than a lot of us in the church would like to believe, right? Because we we will we will we will die on a lot we will die on a lot of hills, and a lot of these hills we die on, it, it ain't worth it. And the older I get, the more I realize there are less and less hills I will die on. Now, do I have a viewpoint on whatever this hot topic is? Sure, yes, I do. But will I 
take that to the grave as the answer to the question uh, on a lot of issues? Mm, no, probably not. So, um, what was your question? I don't even know what your question. Translation interpretation. That's what I was saying, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot there. So I think that's the starting place. Again, it goes back to humility. Recognizing that my viewpoint on baptism, uh, predestination, any of these things, it, it, it might be wrong. Or the book of Revelation, whatever it is. And so uh, I'll give my viewpoint, but realize that I could be convinced Otherwise, so I think that's the first. I think that's the starting, starting, starting point. If if you can't, if you can't start from there, then I wonder if it's really, if it really will do any good to have a conversation in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll say that. If you have any thoughts or comments, you feel like there's. I almost want to say like a framework. I'm thinking my brain is thinking of like a rubric, but for distinguishing which of those things are what which what is a hill worth dying on and what is not. Sure. Because sure. Um, growing up, That's depending good. on the denomination or like if you're a KJV only, right. like mm-hmm. you know, is that a hill worth dying over? And how do you get through those moments, especially when we start thinking about I know our generation like and deconstructing and being like, I'm really taking a laser focus at like all the things that I've been taught. When do I know this is a hill or this is like keep it moving? Yeah, even that can be tough, tough, tough to decipher. Like, let's just give a real real world example. In my denomination right now, we're having the conversation of of homosexual homosexuality and, and folks who identifies that their place in the church. Can they be ordained? Can they not? Can they be in leadership positions? Can they not? And and even people with my, within my own denomination, some of them will say this is a hill to die on, and others of them will say, "Nope, it's not. I don't think it has anything to do with salvation." So, I guess my answer is even that can be hard sometimes to know: Do I die on this hill, or or do I not? Do I not? I I don't really I don't really know. Right. You know that's why that's why I make my comment: The older I get the less and less heels that I will die on. It's because of stuff like that. Uh, I'm not sure. Not sure. So I don't know that I have an answer for you, Liz, (laughs) on that, or any of the listeners. I just don't know. And and I think think that that's the beauty of it, is that we're not going to know. Um, Here, I've got a can of worms, and I'm opening it right now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm thinking about our listeners and and one of them is me um, who think about things uh, that maybe issues discussed in the Bible. I'm just going to use one that would apply to me, female leadership in the church. Mm -hmm. I'm not a female leader in the church, but I I used to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Liz and I, we get speaking opportunities at Mm -hmm. at church and um, in other churches and I, I wonder, and, and I have, I have my own answer for this for myself and I'm never going to force my answer on someone mm-hmm. else because that's the beauty of the hot tub and the beauty of grace and humility. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder what, 
you know, I, I go through these feelings of, okay, so there is scripture that says, you know, there should not be females who mm-hmm. speak in church. Mm-hmm. And I wonder where cultural uh, relevance and mm-hmm. I, I don't like to, I don't like the word relevance, but y'all know what I'm talking about. The, where culture meets scripture, because mm-hmm. I've also heard arguments, and this is just a very small example, where, you know, women probably shouldn't have stood up and read scripture back then, because back then women could not even read. Right. So right. therefore, like, mm-hmm. it was kind of moot anyway. If they can't mm-hmm. read, they can't read scripture in front of the church. Yeah. Um, and then also people argue, you know, yes, that's in the word. But also, you know, women weren't even allowed to vote or yeah. own property by themselves or by home until like literally like the 1960 years, years yeah, not, too long, not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So we look at equality and we look, you know, even like slavery is in the bible obviously we do not condone slavery today even Mm -hmm. in the new testament it says slave owners treat your slaves fairly and with respect but like now we're like obviously we're not going to own a slave (laughs) like that's just not something we're going to do so how with all of these things being said with ideas as far-fetched now as slavery or even things that people may struggle with now as you know, I don't, I don't think it's frivolous, but it, in the grand scheme of things, as frivolous as me speaking at a church event or um, as serious as someone having thoughts of homosexuality, where does the line stop of, and, and I don't think that there's a clear answer on this, but where can we have wisdom on applying scripture to culture? Because the last thing I want to do is checks mix the Bible say mm-hmm. like oh mm-hmm. well you know another thing here like i have pierced ears yeah and if i'm going by the old testament i don't need to do that sure or like liz has a tattoo i'm out you i'm sorry that's fine. i'm getting one <laughs> yeah and, and that's still a big ticket item with a lot of believers but mm-hmm. it's almost like where where do we have wisdom for ourselves as we're making these personal decisions because the last thing i want to do is speak in church if the Bible has commanded me not mm-hmm. to do so. Sure. Yeah. Agree a hundred percent. Yeah. I think that comes from, and this might be another thing to talk about too, just for a few moments is spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. There are many people sitting in churches who have zero spiritual maturity, meaning they're not seeking Christ. They're not designed to know. To, they're not designed to be a follower of Jesus more and more they're not wanting to surrender fully to the lord and so i I think that's where wisdom comes in if if we're doing that if i'm seeking after god desiring to follow jesus fully spending time in the word spending time in prayer i think that will bring about spiritual maturity and spiritual wisdom you can't have it outside of that right You, you can't have spiritual wisdom outside of seeking to know the lord and I think so often we f- we fool ourselves into thinking we're more mature spiritually than we really are. You can't be spiritually mature with a four-minute devotion every morning just to check the box. You can't be spiritually mature if you're just going to church one time a week and that's all you all you ever hear of the Bible. So, you know, I say it often. I think it's true it's very cliche but seek jesus first if we'd all do that 
you take care of a lot of this stuff, right? Because you take any, take um, women in church, homosexuality, one side's right and one side's wrong, right? You, they can't both be right. There, There is a right answer. And, and if we were all seeking Jesus fully, we wouldn't have to, dis- we wouldn't have to figure out the answer. I think the Holy Spirit would just show it, would reveal that to us and give us enough wisdom and insight to know, okay, here's what God's saying. But so many of us are not spiritually mature people. We're just babes, as Paul says, still drinking milk and not eating the real food. So I I guess that gets back to the core of, that's probably the foundational thing. Just seek the Lord again. Sounds cliche. Spend time with Jesus and you'll have that wisdom. Yeah, because I'm firmly convinced, and and anybody who's a believer knows what this feels like, when you are doing something that's out of line with what Mm -hmm. God wants you to do, or that God has planned for you to do, or how to behave, whenever you are keeping in step with the Spirit, I feel that conviction of like, this is wrong, this tastes bad, this this is not what I'm supposed to be doing, and and I I feel heartbroken because I know that because we are flawed people, that that's used as a cop out to justify sin so often. Sure, sure. No because, doubt. like you said, like there's so many people, and this is not judgmental, but it's the truth that mm-hmm. that lack spiritual maturity. That yeah. we can just say, like, oh, I made this decision because I feel like God told me to, right. and that's just simply not true. Yes. And so and so I I really hate it for the people that genuinely are seeking the truth and seeking what the Holy Spirit is leading them to do in their life. Um and you know it's almost like one it just takes one bad apple to ruin the whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Um but you know someone could very well say like oh Sarah you spoke at a church last week you're living in sin. Mm-hmm. You're in your spot that's not your place. But I you know I, I hate that me saying well the Holy Spirit hasn't convicted me of that. I can interpret mm-hmm. the scripture this way or look at the cultural significance or context of the scripture and come to the conclusion of X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I do not feel convicted of this, but so many people use that as something that can justify their own sin in their mind or to society. Yeah. And, and we go, and so often we go to scripture to find the scripture we need to justify something I already believe. We don't go open and honest. Right. I'm looking for that text that will will back up a belief that I already hold, whether it's scripture or not. Mm-hmm. I have it, so I'm going to find something. And that's what makes the conversation difficult sometimes, too. You know, people will look for those scriptures to just um, put in their cap and hold on to for whenever they need to, you know, back up their viewpoint that they got from wherever it was. So what do we, what advice do you have for those that maybe weren't taught cultural context or like that may not have been mentioned as they mm-hmm. were to the gospel? What role do you think it plays and how can they learn more if that's what they're looking for? Right. Yeah. The only way to learn that stuff is through resources. Like I'm a pastor, but I don't know all that stuff just because I know it. You're not, you don't, you know, you have to learn it somewhere. So you have to have resources. And of course they're, hundreds thousands of resources you can did you can get your hands on and the problem i realize your listeners will be thinking well what resources do i get where do where do i go and that's where you have to cons- consult someone you trust whether that's a pastor 
or they can email you all or contact you all and you can ask me. You just got to, you got to ask people again, ask people you trust to say, I need some help understanding this passage from, from Corinthians. What's the cultural context of, you know, you mentioned Sarah about women leaders. Paul talked about that. So you just have, you just have to um, seek help with that stuff. You won't just know it on your own. That's good to know. That's yeah. just a reminder of how important it is. Community. We we talk about that all the time here on the pod and how important it is to be in community with, with other believers, to find a church. And if you don't have one, yeah. ask the oh, Lord. Yeah. He won't keep you from one. <laughs> and, yeah. and it also takes that an air of personal responsibility. And yeah. I feel like in a world where we're constantly being things are being shoved in our face through our phones or through TV or like all these other things, that this is one of those situations where you need to go look and yeah. sort it out yourself and someone may not always throw it out there to you and that you as an adult and that comes with that spiritual maturity that yes. you are willing to go look and ask god the hard questions or you know right. realize the hard things about yourself that you may not have been so humble yeah um or that you you may have messed up and you have to change your thinking about something but mm, um, right and, I, and it's important too like i heard a pastor say this one time i'm not i can't remember i don't know if i know who it was anyway it doesn't matter they were saying you know if you go to buy a commentary or a resource book, one of the first things you say is that costs a lot of money. Like you go buy a commentary of the book of the Bible, it's going to cost you 25, 30 bucks. Now you buy a commentary of the whole Bible, you're going to be spending, you're going to have to drop some change to purchase that. But but this guy said, he's like, you know, think of how much money we spend on other stuff, <laughs> right? I mean, just pick any topic to go to movies, to drive our car, to have our smart devices. We spend gobs and gobs of cash all the time. Why not spend a little money and invest in things that will help you understand the scriptures, which speaks to eternity, right? And so, yeah, go ahead, Sarah. There's so many free resources online, too. There are. There are. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're exactly right. So, yeah, you're right, Liz. If, if people will put forth a little bit of effort, you can you can dig deep and and figure out like okay here's what this passage kind of meant here's some thoughts on this topic you you sure can and the importance of community that's so so important having people around you you trust to help you in this quest to dive deeper in the scriptures and to try to understand what's what God's saying to us his people you know that makes me think of an instagram post i saw a couple of weeks ago um, and I regret not saving it, but I sent the the whole thought behind it was you can't say that you can't wait to spend an eternity with with God if you're not willing to spend 15 minutes today. Mm, certainly. And it was, I'm like, when I say, I'm like, oh, just poke me where it hurts. Right. <laughs> I needed it. The Lord knew, but it's, yeah. but it's real. And and thinking about that, it's like, okay, I can't, I mean, I, why would you limit, you don't limit your other relationships. You don't limit your relationship with your phone. Mm-hmm with the people in your house, with your friends, to you have 15 yeah. minutes a day and that's it. And just yeah. thinking about while we're talking about, you know, diving into the word and, and gleaning from that, the more we dive in, you know, mm-hmm. it will not return void. That investment will never return void. Right. Yeah. Here's, let me put, give you a test to you ladies. All okay. right. Let's see how smart you are for your listeners. There are two things in this world that are eternal. Two things that are eternal in this world. Only two. You know what they might be? Any thoughts? Two things return. Now, when I tell you, you're going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I bet because I already know I'm overthinking it. Yeah, go. I was gonna <laughs> say a snarky answer like um, a little Debbie, like a little creep. Like it's so processed. There, or something. There are It'd be nice if those were eternal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two things: the scriptures, the Bible. Number one, word of God lasts forever. Flowers and grass fades. Word lasts forever. The second thing that's eternal it, are our souls, right? Okay, that yes. inner being of us. And so, and the reason I bring that up is, is why not invest in? Why will we not invest in these two things over everything else? Right? Because in light of eternity, eternity, that's only the really two things that matter. Everything else is rubbish. It will be gone, all of it. Yeah. So why would we not invest in those two things to help us be informed on, let's tie our conversation back around, invest in those two things to help us be informed on cultural issues, even though cultural issues will pass. They will be gone. In a hundred years, if this world is still here, these cultural issues we face now, they'll be irrelevant, right? It'll be a, be relics of the past. So let's invest in those two eternal things so that we can uh, fully appropriate our lives in, in the today stuff. That's so true. I remember I got the privilege of looking after my great grandmother who passed when she was 93 mm -hmm. uh, during my sophomore through senior year of college I would go sit with her and you know serve her lunch or give her a bath yeah. like three days a week in college and that was one of the biggest pleasures of my life she was a, a pastor's wife and um she told me how things were quote-unquote so bad when she was in school that they thought the Lord could come back any day. Yeah, she was yeah. like, the, we're in the end times. It is just so awful. And, you know, she lived to be 94 and that was 10 years ago. And so I'm like, man, you know, it, like you said, it's all going to pass. There's just going to be new issues yeah. come up. And something that yeah. Liz and I are going to mention periodically, and, and I do think that there's a whole episode dedicated to the thoughts around this is that, and I would love your commentary on it, is that the Bible is written for us, not about us. Mm -hmm. And True. even though we are participators in the kingdom of God, you know, we I feel like we can really go wrong when we try to look specifically in the Bible for issues that are happening in 2023, like mm -hmm. you said, that are fleeting. Mm -hmm. and, and I think Jesus was so cool in so many ways. I really wish that I could like hear his tone on a lot of scriptures, uh -huh. but one in particular that I really wish I could have heard his tone of voice or like seen his facial expressions on is when he's talking about like, you've heard it said, um, uh -huh. like do not commit adultery. But I uh -huh. say, if you even look at a woman the wrong way, yeah. you've already committed uh, adultery yeah. in your heart or you've lusted mm -hmm. in your heart. And I'm like, I really wish I could have heard it. Like, was there some humor in his voice? Almost like he's upping the ante a little bit of like, mm -hmm. you don't get it. I'm not mm -hmm. saying physically. Well, yes, physically don't commit adultery on your right. wife or husband. But I'm mm -hmm. saying too, like, don't let your heart be ugly. Right. Mm -hmm. like if you've even had these thoughts in your heart, like, or in your mind, like that's where it starts. Like you need to get your mind right. You need to transform your mind to look more like Christ. And, um, and I, I think that, that that's where we can go so wrong. And I'm so glad that this episode has been really humility focused is because we're looking in the Bible thinking, you know, Jesus was talking about the 2023 Christian, right. which is, like, <laughs> which yeah. is in America. You know, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. 
which yes, the Bible is for everyone, um, but we've made it so egocentric. And I think that that's what the Mm -hmm. episode is called is egocentric theology. Mm -hmm. Like this must have been about me. Right. You know, and even though it all can apply, it's not purposed. You know, if the Bible is for us and that makes us our own little God, really, or mm-hmm. about us I mean to say mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but, but we do idolize ourselves so much yeah. and I think that that's where we can get so lost on these issues and and like you said they're non-negotiables but there's a lot of stuff that's like when we get to heaven I hope that we just laugh so hard at mm-hmm. how ridiculous we were but at the same time I hope that we can become close enough to God here on this earth where we can, in wisdom, make our own decisions about how we need to live our lives in reflecting Christ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no commentary needed, Sarah. You just nailed it. Okay, well, thanks. That means a lot. That was perfect. <laughs> oh, so, so good. Yes. Egocentric. Don't read the Bible egocentrically. If yes. egocentric, that's even a word. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you've ever heard people say like, not to make this about me, but right. yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And people will say, now what this, what this passage means to me is, well, I don't really care what it means to you. What's the Bible actually saying? <laughs> What's God trying to tell us? Yes. I don't care what it means to you. Yeah. And that's so, so, so good. Yeah. Great point. Great. Well, I wrote this down. Does what we think or how we feel matter? <laughs> what do you I, do? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I yeah. don't think. Thank God. Look, I'm glad. I, oh, I yeah. am a fickle being and I'm yeah. a method of myself. <laughs> you mean to tell me that yeah. how I think and how I feel matters more than God's intent? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't even want it that way. Yeah, because we... Yeah, we put so man. I was just this weekend. I got, there was a situation. I got a text from from someone, and and I wasn't at church. And and he said, "Is the reason you weren't at church because of me?" And I said, "Absolutely not." But what I wanted to say was, "You think you're that important that my schedule <laughs> is on you?" Like, no, <laughs> no, you're not that awesome. But see, we, we we make things about us. It's it's what we do. It's our prideful, arrogant nature, self-centered nature. And so you're right, Sarah. We have to work hard to set ourselves aside and look at the scriptures. What is God saying, not just to me, but to people in general? What's God saying to humanity in his great plan to save people from sin? God's plan of redemption. And start from that place and then take that bigger meaning for all people and how can that apply to my life in light of what god has said what god has done what god is doing you know and not just about me yeah that's really good mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, i'm kind of laughing to myself over here because uh for for two things one of them being um they say online they're like if someone says something mean to you just say, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, are you hungry? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we need to ask, am I okay? If you're right. so passionate yeah. about something that you feel like you got to beat somebody down. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. Uh, you, just need, yeah. you just need to take a chill pill. Yes. It's a okay. Um, 
And I'm like, and I come back to you already know this because I've said it a million times about our our motto for 2023, which was stay hydrated and mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is, it's not meaning that you can't do other things, but there's something to be said about when you were so focused on your relationship with God and what he has called you to, that you were not distracted by the other things of this world to distract mm-hmm. yourself from that mission, from right. the path in which he set for you. Sure. And that you're not yes. distracted by like, well, this is going on in the world. It, for example, um, there was a the lady that was practically my grandmother used to say this all the time. You know, gr- groceries would get high. She said, "What difference does it make as long as the Lord gives me money to pay for it?" That's right. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of energy I think we all need going sure. forward. To be like, to keep your eyes on on Christ. You know, don't, yes. don't worry about the other things because they'll take mm-hmm. care of themselves. They'll fade away. You know, yes, two weeks from now they'll be talking about something different. You just mm-hmm. worry about what the God what God has called you to, and you keep yeah. it moving. Yeah. And people thought Jesus was wrong too. Mm-hmm. All the church people did. Mm-hmm. They thought he was so wrong. And so why do we think we're excluded? Sure. You know, if mm-hmm. we're living our life and we're in step with the spirit and somebody thinks that we're doing something wrong, I guess we just need to keep on going. I'm like, it's not, it's not my job to change anybody's heart. That's right. I'm like, you, you preach the gospel like the Lord has called you to. And you know, you can't be kind to other people. Worry about yourself and the rest yeah. will work out. Stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. Stay hydrated. <laughs> okay i'll do it yes we all got our look <laughs> they got water all over the place yes yes well isaac thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today you're welcome i always enjoy it it's always you're, a good time. Hey, we'll have to schedule you for the hot tub maybe you and susan can both come take a dip in the hot tub <laughs> okay that it's sounds a good. blow up hot tub that will be on my back porch at my house <laughs> So you can't wear sharp clothing in there, even though we're going to be fully clothed, right? Can't wear sharp clothing. We expect a suit and tie (laughs) in the hot tub. Yeah. That's right. Yes. (laughs) See, then you can start doing uh, videos of your podcast too. Yes, that's the plan. And we're still working out, you know, do we have the jets on? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, any other last comments you want to share with us before we close out our podcast episode today? Uh, no, I think I, just to re, reemphasize what we've said so many times, humility. Humility before the Lord as we come to the scriptures, come to the word. Humility before other people that I might not have all the answers. And I think if we take that posture, that'll take us a, that'll take us a long way, won't it? I, I think that'll be, that'd be a good start. And everything else would kind of fall in place you would hope after that, if we take that position of I, I'm not the end all be all. So true. That'll preach. Love it. Yeah. So true. Well, thank you so much again, Isaac. We really appreciate you. You're welcome. The foundation for hot, hot takes. My pleasure. So yeah, we'll see you guys back here with our first hot take in the hot tub. Yes. Next, next Tuesday. Week. That's right. We'll see y'all later. Bye guys.